Good morning, church. Christmas is over. The gifts have been given. The food has been eaten. And here we are. But God is still good. The joy continues. It continues to grow. It doesn't shrink. Uh, there's no reason for us to fall, to fall into any kind of a post-holiday uh, depression or anything like that because Jesus is still alive. He is still on the throne. The Savior who came, he still saves. There's still joy. There's still joy in the house. Amen? Amen. Come on. Come on, amen. All right. Good tidings of great joy. This is our Christmas uh, series message. Jesus came and brought good tidings of great joy. He brought great joy, and joy is for you this morning. I want to continue through the story here, and I want to read the story today about the wise men who came to visit Jesus. So let's jump right into Scripture, Matthew chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born, Christmas Eve we talked about the birth of Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. They came with a specific purpose. They understood who this was. They understood who it was that was coming, and they came with one purpose. They came to worship him. They came to worship Jesus. These wise men from the east, probably, obviously, they're watching the stars. They're probably astrologers. They're wise people. Most likely, they're from Babylon. When uh, Israel was conquered 600 years before the birth of Christ, the the Jewish people were carried away to Babylon. They brought their texts with them. And they said, we have seen his star in the east. This is an Old Testament scripture that talks about the star of the Messiah. And it's in Isaiah. It's a very obscure scripture. I bet that if anybody, one, any one of us in this room were to read over that scripture, not knowing that that was the scripture, that you would not get the, the import that there was going to be a star that was going to show the birth of Christ. It's really kind of obscure, but that's the scripture that they take it from. I didn't, share, I didn't put it up there for us to read today. Just know that it's, it's, it's obscure. They knew he was to come. They, they knew there was going to be a star. They've been watching the stars, apparently for 600 years. And they realized, they said, hey, that's the star. Hey, it's happened. It, now is the time. You know, we talk a lot about the second coming of Christ as Christians. We talk about the return of Jesus. And we all think we have it figured out. We all think we know how he's going to come back. there were very few people who actually recognized him coming the first time, even though there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scriptures prophesying about the Messiah's first coming. How many, how many people actually realized that Jesus came, that Jesus was born? The shepherds were told, right? So they were told. You can't count them. They don't count them. They were told. Mary was told. Elizabeth was told. John, uh, Zachariah was told. Right? John the Baptist recognized him. Anna in the temple recognized him. Simeon in the temple recognized him. 
The disciples were told, Jesus told them time and time again, I'm the, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ. It took them about 30 times and they figured it out. You know what? You're the, you're, you're the Messiah. You've been saying it, but I, I see it now. You know, the, the, the disciples were told. The Jewish people were told. The Pharisees were told. Jesus told many, many people. There are a few people who actually recognize Jesus at his first coming. Very few. And we think we're going to recognize him. We'll, we'll know. Like, he's coming this way. Wise men from the east. Wise men from the east. Where is he who has been born king? He was born a king. He was born to be a king. He was born as a king. And they came to worship him. They got this right. He is worthy of worship. He is born of a king. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. We're here to worship. They got this right. Jesus is worthy of worship. Jesus was worthy of worship while he was lying in that manger bed as an infant. Jesus was worthy of worship before he ever came. Jesus is worthy of worship today. Jesus will be worthy of our worship forever and ever and ever. There is never, ever, 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 there never was, there never will be not one moment where Jesus is not worthy of worship. He's always worthy. Always worthy. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all of the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Herod was troubled. The wise men came and they were like, hey, we're here to worship. Herod's troubled. He's worried. He's concerned. He doesn't like this. What do you mean he's been born king? I'm king. Envy. Jealousy. Jesus will do one of two things. <laughs> he will either cause you to want to worship him and give, and give him everything, or you will be troubled in spirit. There's only, two po there's only two real reactions here. Either Jesus is who he says he is, and he's worthy of our everything, or he's a raving lunatic, and we should all just forget it. Pack it in, mail it, go home. One or the other. There, there really is no reason to park in any middle ground here. Either he made it all up, and he's crazy, and we should just forget it, or every word he said is true. He is the Son of God come to earth, our sins are forgiven, we'll live forever, and we owe him our life. And to stand anywhere in between the two is absurd. But this is the Christianity that America has packaged. Give him your everything. I'm inviting you today, give Jesus your everything. I want to put a call out right now. Give Jesus your all. What is it that God wants you to do? Start to do it. God has put gifts in each and every one of you. Just start using your gift. I don't know what it is. We could do a gift test analysis. I'll go through that with you. I'll show you. I'll send you the, the online form you can fill out. 
figure out what it is. Listen to the, 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 listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Figure it out what it is that God's called you to do and just begin to do it, even in some small way. And watch God open the doors and blow your life out of the water and into his glory. And there is no place you'd rather be. When we get a glimpse of what God has created us to do and we begin to walk in it, there's nothing you would rather do. There is absolutely no place you would rather be than directly in the middle of the will of God for your life. It is where you will find the most joy. It is where you will find everything your heart desires. We could run around this earth forever and never find anything that satisfies our soul, but just one moment in God's presence doing what he's called us to do. I'm undone. Either he is who he says he is or he isn't. Either he's worthy of our everything or he's not. And so they inquired, where is the Christ? Where is the Messiah to be born? So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. The number of prophecies, this is a direct quote from the Old Testament, the number of prophecies that spoke about the Messiah and when he was to come are absolutely amazing. 400, 600 prophecies, something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but it's a lot. If someone were to study their whole life and try to make this happen in their own power, they still couldn't do it. How could you be a Nazarene born in Bethlehem? You've come to save the Jewish people. You will heal blind eyes, make the lame walk, and the deaf hear. On and on and on and on and on. The prophecies are astounding. Out of Egypt, I will call him. How does that happen? I mean, now, hindsight, we can look back, we see the story. And we're like, wow, Jesus really pieced it together. This can't happen by happenstance. This can't happen. I don't, I don't think that even Hollywood, with all of the technology and with all the finances that they have today, I don't think that they could pull it off. I don't think they could. It just goes to show how true it is, how real it is, how real the entire story is. Is it real? Yeah, it's real. Is Jesus, is Jesus who he said he was? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind. There's not even a half of a fraction of a minuscule amount of a doubt in my mind that Jesus is not who he said he fully was. He is worthy of our everything. Our everything. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Sounds good, right? Sounds good, right? Satan often masquerades as an angel of light. The Bible tells us that. The enemy doesn't come to us in a red rubber suit with horns and a pitchfork, right? 
that would be way too obvious. We'd be like, oh, that's bad. I won't do that. Instead, the enemy of our souls makes it seem like our thoughts or his thoughts that he's putting in our, in our mind are virtuous in some way. This is, this is, you know, this isn't exactly what God said, but it's still good. What? Here we have Herod. He's, he, he's clearly lying. And we'll know this in, in a few more scriptures. We'll read it in a few more scriptures. Then Herod, he secretly called the wise men. If somebody's doing something in secret, we can be cautious. Right? We read in the previous verse that he was very troubled at the news that Jesus was born. He was troubled at the news that the Messiah was born. Now, just a scripture later, now he's secretly calling the wise men. He's figured out when the star appeared so that he knew when Jesus would be born. And then he tells the wise men to go and let me know when you find him because I want to worship him too. We have to be careful. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Joy, 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 unspeakable joy. They've been watching for this star for I don't know how many years. They had the text for 600 years. At some point, they started watching for the star. They finally see it in the sky. And they're like, hey, that's the star. Let's go find the Messiah. He's born. Let's go check it out. And they traveled. It's a few hundred, it's a few hundred miles from, ba- from where Babylon would have been to where Jerusalem is. It's a few hundred miles. They traveled on donkeys, camels. It was a slow journey. They didn't get there fast. A week, two weeks, three weeks, who knows how long. They travel. It's dirty. It's dusty. They're going through all of this trouble. They've got one thing in their heart. They want to go and they want to worship the newborn king. And so they're traveling. They're traveling. They're traveling. They come into the king's palace because where would we find the next king of of the Jews? Probably in the palace. That would make sense. But no, he's not there. And the scriptures say if he's going to be born, he'll be born in Bethlehem. And so they're like, all right, next challenge. Let's keep on. Let's go. Let's complete this thing. Let's go find him. And they finally get to the manger. They finally get here. They get there and they find Jesus and they are overjoyed. Joy has filled their soul. Filled their soul. Filled their soul. A longing fulfilled. Yes. Jesus. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. They had this desire in their heart. There had been hope for a long time. The hope had been deferred. Their hearts were probably sick. But now they've got this hope, and they're putting their hope in the journey that they could come, that they could find the child, that they could find baby Jesus, and they could worship him. And that desire becomes fulfilled, and it is a tree of life, and it is joy. Come on. I'm telling you, he is there just the same today. He's delivering joy today the same way 2,000 years ago. The same joy.
The desire has come and it is filling. I just want to move your heart. I just want to, I want to get caught up in your gaze. There's nothing more that I want to be than to just be in the presence of God. You know, we put on uh, Christmas music around Christmas time. We all do this, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, your soul starts to get empty. Because although those Christmas songs are talking about Jesus, it's not as worshipful as what I'm used to anyways. And we put on worship music just, I don't know how long ago it was, but, you know, you'd been listening to Christmas music for a while. We went back to the worship, and it's just like, oh, oh, yes. Life, 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 life. Jesus, flow in me, flow in me, flow in me, flow in me. Oh, it's good. Exceedingly great joy. He's still in the business of delivering joy today. Does anybody want some joy? Jesus is the joy. He is the reason for the season. He is why we have hope. He is why we have joy. It comes from him. We only get it from him. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. Jesus, we just worship you today. God, even as the wise men fell down and worshiped you, God, we worship you with our whole hearts today. God, we don't have to sing or dance or anything else to worship you, God. We just want to position our hearts properly to worship you. The singing, the song, the dance, those are outward expressions of what's going on in our heart, God. God, position our hearts to come to a place of worship today, God. Lord, we worship you. We want to worship you, God. God, help our hearts to be in the right place, that we would take a position of worship, and that we would stay there, God, that we would just live in this place of worship to you, God. Touch our hearts this morning. Let us be worshipers, Lord. Let us be worshipers, Lord. And they presented him with gifts of gold, and of frankincense and myrrh. This was the first gift of Christmas. You watched the movie, you thought it was a little silver bell that only made noise once in a while. The first gifts of Christmas were gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, I've said previously, there is nothing that happens by chance. There is no coincidence Everything that was done was done intentionally. It was done with great detail. It was done with great purpose in mind. The gifts are prophetic gifts that would speak of the life that Jesus was to live. They knew that he was the Messiah who was to come, the Christ. The gifts that they brought gold represents riches and kingship. Jesus was born to be a king. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? He was born to be a king. He came for this reason, that he could be the king, king of kings and lord of lords. This is Jesus, born to be a king. Gold, representing riches and kingship. Frankincense. 
Frankincense was the incense in the temple that was used in the temple by the high priest. And so, again, a prophetic showing of who Jesus was to be. He was to be a high priest forever, Hebrews says. According to the order of Melchizedek, he was king. He's born to be king, but he's also born to be priest. He is the high priest forever to make intercession for you and for me before God. This is Jesus proclaimed at his birth. And they brought myrrh. Myrrh is used for two things. Myrrh is used in anointing oil. It was back in the day. Used in anointing oil for healing. And it was also used in the embalming fluid that they would use at death. And so in the same herb here, myrrh, they have two prophecies. That number one, he was born to die. But also that he was born to bring healing. He would be the healer. There would be an anointing on his life that would change the course, that would show and reveal the glory of God here on the earth through him, through him. And they did. These are somewhat unusual gifts to bring to a baby shower, wouldn't you say? You show up to the baby shower and you've got a coffin. That's not really nice. What are you bringing to the baby shower? I'm bringing the gold. <laughs> I'm bringing the gold. I'll bring the frankincense. Who wants to bring the myrrh? I'll take the healing, amen? Amen. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And so we talked before about the schemes of the enemy, that the enemy comes and he makes it seem good what he wants to do. And so we always have to be wary of the schemes of the enemy. We can't allow the enemy to distract us from what God wants for us, what God wants in a time, in a certain situation. We need to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It is only when we are connected to God it is only when we're listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit that we will set a course for our life that will be true, that we will not encounter uh, evil, and we will spare many from hurt or destruction. We see here that the wise men were divinely warned in a dream. The Holy Spirit warned them in a dream. And so what are some of the different ways that we can receive uh, this divine instruction from God? We, dreams. Dreams is one way. Uh, angelic guidance. Angels come and, we spe and speak to people. We see this throughout, throughout Scripture and throughout the Christmas story in particular. Visions. God may give you a vision. This is what's going to happen. You'll see it before your eyes. Uh, sometimes God will speak with an audible voice. You won't see anything. All you'll, you'll hear. Sometimes it's just a spirit voice. Sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit speaking on the inside of you. This is the way that God speaks to me very often. And also, sometimes it's just a prompting in your spirit. Sometimes it's just you, you get this sense and you know what's right to do. You know that this is right to do. In all of those things, it's the peace of God that guides us. It's the peace of God that guides us. We must be led by peace. Sons of God are led by the peace of God. 
The shepherd leads us. He guides us. There's peaceful. It's a peaceful, uh, there's a peaceful knowing in your spirit that this is what we are to do. The enemy drives. The enemy says, you have to do this. Jesus says, this is the right way. Follow me. Be aware. Be ready. Be listening. Put the time in. Seek God. Seek his will for your life. Seek his will over every situation, over every decision you have to make. I don't know that you have to pray about the socks you're going to put on in the morning. But, you know, you're going to be encountering somebody. Pray about that encounter that you know is coming. God, what will you have me to say? God, what will you have me to share? God, what can you give me that I could give them? Always be a willing vessel, ready to pour out, ready to do the Lord's work, whatever it is, wherever you go. God has you here, and he puts you here for a very specific purpose. And until we go home, your purpose is not fulfilled. Continue to fellowship with him. Continue to be in contact with the Lord and continue to bring heaven here on earth. Continue to bring the glory of God to everyone you meet that they would see in you God of glory. Jesus is worthy of our worship. Jesus is worthy of our worship. If you're here today and you've never bowed your knee to Jesus, if you've never taken a moment to worship Jesus for who he is and dedicate your life to him as we've talked about, I want to invite you to do that today. Either Jesus is who he said he is, in which case he's worthy of everything, or he's not. I know he is. The society that we live in today has been fashioned by Jesus why is America here and do what we do? Because Jesus, because Christians founded this nation. It was founded on godly principles and morality. It was founded on God. This is why we're here today. This is why we exist the way we do today. It was because of Jesus. Jesus set all of this up. We, there's not, time doesn't permit me to go into everything that we have because Jesus you're here today, you've never bowed your knee, you've never worshiped him for who he is, I want to invite you to do that today. Say this prayer with me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and come and live inside my heart. Help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you are the son of God, that you died for my sins, that you rose from the grave. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to check your Engage card. If you're watching online and you said that prayer for the first time today, I'm going to ask you to check your online Engage card as well. It says, today I received Jesus Christ, and my, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. Check that box. I'd like to send you some information that describes the decision that you've made and what your next steps are. So the first most important next step is to get into a good church. Christmas is over. Here we are. It's, we're, we're turning the corner into a new year. How are we going to live? Are we okay with the status quo? Or are we okay with things still just the way they are? Or, or are we going to live our life giving it all for Jesus? Laying it all out? I'm a very competitive person by nature. The Lord's dealt with me in that regard. But 
what's fascinating is that the Lord has, through that competitive nature, taught me that when I'm playing ball, I'm going to leave it all on the court. I am not going to walk away thinking I could have played harder. I could have played better. That's not in my nature. I will give it all I've got every moment. Now, I will tell you that with maturity comes grace and understanding, and I will play hard on that basketball court, but I will refrain from going to the level where I'm going to injure myself being the age that I am. I'd have to do math. But that same passion and that same drive continues in other areas of my life, especially following and serving Jesus. I serve him with my whole heart. There is never a moment of time where I back off or I let up on the pedal of serving God. I may get distracted from time to time, but let me tell you something. I want to get my foot back on that gas, serving God with my whole heart as fast as I can. I want to get back into that lane where I'm in the flow with the Spirit of God. 2022 is going to be an awesome year. We're excited for so many things. Uh, we're excited for the preaching calendar. We're excited for Pastor Charlie and the new series. I hope you get excited about what God is doing here at Redeeming Love. God is on the move and great things are on the horizon. Amen? Amen. Pastor Tom, come and receive the offering this morning.